I'm Jillian. I'm Allie. Welcome, Welcome to Ladyland. Think about your closest friend. Maybe you know where she works, but do you know what she does all day? Do you know her job title? Do you know what she studied in school? Turns out, I didn't. So, I made a podcast to find out. Welcome to Ladyland. I'm your host, Kim Baldwin. This is a conversation with women from all walks of life and different backgrounds. It's funny at times, serious at times, but always honest. This is Ladyland. Thanks for coming in. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Uh, This is a Ladyland first. Two people at once. Holy crap. You are sisters. Mm -hmm. Would you introduce yourselves? Jillian, you go first. You can just say your name, Mm -hmm. what you do, whatever you want to say. Okay. I'm Jillian St. Clair, and I do lots of yoga. I own Steadfast and True Yoga Germantown and Steadfast and True Yoga South, a mother and a wife and a sister. I'm Allie King. And I also do lots of yoga, and I am the manager of Steadfast and True Yoga Germantown and South. I've been married for 22 years today. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a mother of a 20-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son, and that's pretty much it. All right. Allie, I've only known you maybe a year-ish. Mm-hmm. I think I met you, Steadfast Germantown, around this time last year. I have yet to take one of your classes, <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> Because I like relaxed yoga. Yeah. Jillian, I was going to ask you, when were you in Edge Hill Villa? Because that's when I met you, when Steadfast was in that space. Was it the one that was behind Taco Mama Sita's? Yes. Okay, so then that was 2010. Okay, I met you then. I yeah. think you were like a Lululemon ambassador. I sure was. Yeah, you were. <laughs> you remember they used to do like free, not free classes, yep. but they would, that's when I went. They would do a lot of free classes and community events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was probably when they were just a storeroom too. So that's when they were oh, really trying totally. to build like Lululemon in Nashville. And when they were a storeroom, they did a bunch of things. Now that they're a store, that's just like everybody wears Lulu. So. Yes. Are you yeah. still an ambassador? I'm not. not. Okay. I'm not. But that is when I met, man, that was Wait, is this 2020? That was 10 years ago. I know. Whoa. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Anniversaries all around. <laughs> your sisters. Mm-hmm. Allie, you're older. I am. Three years? No, it's more than three it's, years. Uh, sometimes it's four and a half. Okay. Sometimes it's five. <laughs> it's just like we're like in the middle of a year. So it's, it's actually, yeah, four and a half years. Mm-hmm. You and I were born the same year. And... I think Jillian and my husband are the same age, so it's the same. I was like, wait, no, it's more than three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Allie's older. You're the baby. Mm-hmm. Allie did essentially very much raise me. Our, our mom worked a lot and traveled a lot, so I like to tell people that I'm basically a reflection of Allie. That comes through? Yeah, a lot, honestly, like qualities of communication and living, and essentially I just try to be Allie. Yeah. Oh, it's really sweet. It's really true, but I do a bad job, so not everybody notices <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What's the division of labor at Steadfast? Because I mostly knew your business through social media and I was so surprised to learn. I was like, oh, Allie is, it's not just Jillian. Like Allie is the business Mm -hmm. part of Steadfast, which maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But I wonder how many people know that you both do Steadfast. It's also changing. I mean, I had Steadfast for seven years before Allie moved back to Tennessee. So 
I think it happened really gradually. Yeah. And also, we are really similar, so not everybody knows who's doing what at what time. Oh, no. I mean, because I've worked with you, no, it's... <laughs> but it's it's evolved yeah. to where she is what anybody would think a manager is, which yeah. is basically doing absolutely everything. And sometimes everyone's going to be like, Jilly, can I do this? And I'm just going to say yes. Yeah, so I manage both studios, and I am in charge of all of the staff and... A lot of the interactions there, I do the like director the schedules. I'm the director of programming. I'm also in charge of the yoga teacher training program. And Ooh. so I do all of that stuff, all of the interacting with the students and making sure that the teachers just have to show up and teach. And so I love how you make it sound like this is like I'm just in charge of the staff. Just in start. Yeah. <laughs> There's like. I mean, so many of them. I, should, I know. To be clear, <laughs> if, if you hadn't been at the studio before Allie was here, like really practicing a lot, you would have been able to tell like the before and the after of Allie because she's actually made it run really smoothly. And I'm a lot calmer because I just never had any help before. But we also, I just want to be honorable and say we have one more of us. Oh, which yeah. Which is Mary, Mary Beth. Beth. Mary Beth. And she does all of the things that we can't do, which yeah. is a lot. And a lot of the things that maybe we don't want to do. And she's phenomenal. And I think works equally as hard. Definitely. Yeah. So officially, there are three of us that run the whole thing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it, Mary yeah. Beth. Mm-hmm. You just opened this second studio, mm-hmm. but very close to the pod studio. Mm-hmm. When did it open? Recently. Uh, February 1st. I was like, was it Valentine's That's Day? That's when I saw you. But yeah, it was February 1st. <laughs> was that right? <laughs> that was right? February 1st? February 1st, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Looked like a grueling process. Well, opening a business now in Nashville as opposed to opening a business 10 years ago is really different. I don't remember it being as difficult. And I don't remember if I even did the stuff that I did before. I don't want to, like, get in trouble legally, but I don't remember going <laughs> I don't remember going to codes. And I don't remember having so many rules and having so many people come in and expect the building and just so much paperwork and sitting and waiting that it was, like, it was so difficult and confusing. How long were you planning the second location or even hoping for? I think that we had been dreaming mm-hmm. of a second location for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I've been like working with the studio, I guess, for about two and a half years mm-hmm. now. About a year in, I just noticed that it was very disruptive to the Germantown students to have teacher trainings being run from that small location at the same time as the studio classes. People were feeling displaced. They didn't like their classes canceled. They had no place to park. And it was just really stressful for the regular, just people who wanted to come and practice a regular studio class. And so we started thinking about what it could look like to have a second space and have it primarily be for training, so a training center. And so that was kind of like the dream. And then it just took a while to manifest. Mm -hmm. We weren't even really looking for studio spaces. I think just one day towards the end of the last immersion that we had, we were like, this is really feeling full. Like the studio was just really feeling full. And so we just decided to drive around. (laughs) And so we were just driving around together. And we found eight locations that would work. I only remember seeing like three or four that we thought might work. Uh, One was very small and more boutique-y in Berry Hill. One was enormous in Donaldson, right? Enormous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then this space that we actually have. And so then we just decided to go for it. I love the space. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's It's crazy how gorgeous. I mean, it wasn't easy to get it open, but it was easy to move in. It was easy to like walk into that building and be like, the yoga is going to happen here. The training is going to happen here. The boutique is 
it just shows Gorgeous. up. It's, yeah, you yeah. walk in and I mean, it's it's awesome. It was really easy to move into the space. It feels good to practice oh there. God, yeah, so I did that Valentine's Day. It's great to it's teach moody. there. It's just it's real moody. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I do too. Yeah. I was talking to people in anticipation of having this conversation with you, and I've been doing yoga since 2001, so I don't know what other people don't know just because it's so normal to me, like mm-hmm. this community and people that teach yoga. And it's so different than other types of movement because like running, myself included, a lot of people come to running from like a weight loss perspective, or maybe they were runners in high school or college, and even like cycling and things like that. But yoga is so different. I don't think a lot of yoga instructors come to yoga as a weight loss tool. And I wanted to ask you individually, you can even just say like what you think about that. But how did you how did you come to yoga? Jillian, I a little bit know your answer, but I've never really heard you explain it. Why I continue to do yoga is I was a professional dancer. And when I moved here, the style of dance I liked wasn't happening. I liked contemporary and modern dance. It was really just like ballet and jazz and things like that. So I had just stopped being physical. So when I found yoga, I really did feel a very great connection to the physical practice. It just kind of fueled my my body's physical needs. But the reason I found yoga was because Allie was pregnant and went to a prenatal class and I went with with our whole family. Really? See, and I don't even remember this. I, I do because it was weird. Because none of us <laughs> were pregnant. We had my mom, my dad, her husband, and me. And that was my first yoga class. And then wow. I just went back and just okay. started to do that like crazy. Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went from like one prenatal class to I'm there five days a week. How long ago was that? Like 20 years, 15 years? Uh, how was, how like, was Delaney? Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't Delaney. It was with Shiloh. Shiloh. So, uh, five, so 19 years? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's 18. So like 18 and a half, 19 years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dancer. Yeah. Allie, you. I don't remember the prenatal class. I Fair. remember prenatal <laughs> videos of yoga, but I don't remember the prenatal class. But I do remember right after having Shiloh going to my first studio class, the first one that I remember, and feeling very odd. You know, I had just had him. So I was already like not loving myself very much, just feeling really. I don't know, just different than yeah. I had before. And I'd already always had like body image issues and low self-esteem. And I remember going in and feeling completely out of place and leaving feeling completely different. I remember it just being the first time that I actually felt like I liked myself and maybe even loved myself. And so I just, I went home that night and like wrote down everything that had happened, everything that I could remember. And I practiced that sequence wow. until I could get there the following Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and that was just it. I was like, I've been a believer ever since. Okay. Man, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, so. and Allie, I mean, you've been a yoga teacher for a lot longer than people know, because even when she was in Texas, she was doing yoga and going through teacher training. It's not like I started first and then Allie is just, Allie was in Texas and Jilly was in Nashville. So we were still doing the same thing, just not together. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to leave the weight loss thing alone. Um, you can put it in. We don't. <laughs> neither of us practice yoga for weight loss. Oh, no, I know. At this point, neither of us practice yoga for fitness. Yeah, I don't. I did start from fitness, I but I no fitness longer. Yoga. I knew you didn't. But yeah. And honestly, I, I feel like re- I, wa- I always want to say that when you uh, approach uh, yoga from a reductionist type of thing where you're just reducing it down to the physical portion, it doesn't have the same like healing type effects mm-hmm. as it does when you're putting all of it back in so all of the layers of all of the layers all you the know layers. so even the science of why yoga works therapeutically it really only works when you use all of it you know you can't just reduce it down that 
man, that's having, a really good way to say Having that. said that, it's okay if somebody starts for whatever oh, of reason. Course. But usually the yoga changes your reasons for practicing. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Just to, because I know a lot of people do start because that's the, the, their physical need. But yeah. yoga, yoga does change you pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in, since I've never been a yoga teacher, a lot of my friends don't do yoga and I'm always curious why they don't like if they just can't add anything else into their schedule or if they just are intimidated I don't know and I've asked some people and they're like truly what are the words like we read class descriptions or we look at Mm -hmm. schedules and those words mean nothing to me I don't know what will happen when I get there yeah I hadn't thought about that people don't know yoga words like Mm -hmm. vinyasa and Mm -hmm. hatha and yin yoga and I know what those are but I guess it's not I guess it's not widely known what all the different classes are. And I think it's terrifying to walk into a yoga studio for the first time. I'm always really proud of anybody that chooses to do that, especially on their own, like when their friend hasn't brought them in. Those those words are interesting. I think that we try pretty hard to explain what vinyasa or hatha I mean, the word will be there, but there's usually a description following the word. Try to explain so that people kind of know what to expect. And we really do work hard to keep the class true to the description. Mm -hmm. So if someone shows up wanting a flow class, we try to make sure that that class is a flow class. And if they come in wanting a restorative class, we try to make sure that they're going to have a restorative class. And so we do try to make sure that... But specifically, if there's a Sanskrit word, I think that we try really hard to put the translation of that word in the description. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not really fair to somebody to just assume that they know what it is or ask them to Google because they're not going to. If the description doesn't make sense... I don't think they're going. I wouldn't. But also, people don't read things anymore. So half the time, they're not reading the description. It's just like, is this going to make me feel this way? Then I'm going. I didn't read the description of the acro workshop. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that when we started massaging each other. I heard about that. Uh huh. We do a little bit of acro, and then Jillian said, now we're going to move into the Thai massage portion of the workshop. (laughs) And I actually laughed because I thought it was a joke. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me. She's like, it's not a joke. Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) <laughs> no. So Kristen and I, Kristen Luna, we had a very intimate friend experience that night. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we really, we really did. <laughs> you really bonded. We really bonded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I knew that I would fly Kristen in that class. I did not know I would mount her on all fours. <laughs> with your and knees and her buttocks. With my knees and her buttocks. <laughs> and squeeze them back and forth like a thigh master. Back in the day, acro yoga, by the way, is still a really new form. And it's it's not even recognized by like any type of alliance or anything. So it's just this thing that people do, but it does still have lineage and Thai massage. So Thai massage, depending on the Thai massage that you do, sometimes you get put up on somebody's feet and supported by somebody's body or by the massage therapist's body. And so that's where the style that I practice comes from. And it used to be just Mm. a therapeutic thing. And then it got turned into a more acrobatic thing. So when you see a class that says acro, it does not have any therapeutic in it. But if you see something that says acro yoga, it will always have an element of Thai massage. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, that's because there's so many different styles now. And it's back into the description. Like if you look at our description on Steadfast, it's just acro. But the Valentine's one was acro yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't read it. (laughs) Didn't read it. You guys did great. It, It was a lot of fun. Good. Were you the only non-couple there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Yes, we were. That's Noti- Noticeably, too. Yeah. 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 Real noticeable. Were they, like, getting into it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was interesting for me, too. I was like, oh, we're in public. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you're feeling good. People were feeling good. <laughs> 
great. We'll do it again <laughs> next year. Okay. Maybe I'll go back. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring Luna. Maybe I will. Mm-hmm. It was fun. <laughs> I'm going to segue into your favorite topic, Instagram. Oh, yeah. If listening to this podcast is how you meet Jillian St. Clair, you might not know how much time she spends mm-hmm. in Instagram stories. Mm, a lot. A lot of time. I love it. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. It's helpful. And so I think, like, Allie and I watch them and understand. Yeah. Like, okay, this is a vehicle for her to, like, say some things and be a human and not be a yoga teacher. And this is just... Mine, like Siddell's mom. Yes. Sid- yeah. It's like a diary now. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad. Not Sometimes I wonder how much trouble we're going to get into I know, when I that's, see something. Sometimes I that's ask what people I wonder. to stop following me. Like, I'm, like if you're going to be in the teacher training, maybe don't follow me because that's a separation of Julie yeah. the teacher. Because you do actually put on hats. So you have like your teacher training hat or your yoga teacher hat or just your everyday person gets to take off the hat. And that's what Instagram stories are for me. And there's a couple people that are hidden, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like a good, a good 30 people that I'm like, they're not going to get that I'm allowed to be a different person every once in a while. Yes. Do you like it? Is it cathartic to just rant is not the word I want. But sometimes, sometimes. you you have grievances. Yeah. I think that if I don't get to do it, that it will show up in other scenarios. So I need I need to be able to do that. I do know that people are looking at it. And I do think that they need to know that I need to do it, too. Well, that you're a human, that you're not just exactly this idolized. It's what we've done to yoga instructors is so bizarre. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it's real. Like people put yoga instructors on this weird pedestal. Like you can't have problems. You can't be a human. You can't have flaws. You can't get mad. Yeah, which is unfortunate because we all started yoga for a reason, too. And those reasons are still very much there. So if we started yoga because yoga was either an outlet or a place for healing, we still need that. When you become a yoga teacher, you don't actually get to use your yoga for that anymore. God, I've never thought about yeah. that. Yeah, and so your outlets change. I found Instagram and CrossFit. <laughs> They're very similar for me. Turns out. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's aggression, and then sometimes there's, like, success. And I have been told, usually by my husband, that I need to take something down. He's like, really? They're not going to get that. People mm. don't – they can't tell when you're joking. Or you've had five aggressive days. <laughs> Share something <laughs> – that's nice. Like, okay. I can tell by the filter yeah. what's coming. Allie, it, can you too? Like, oh, there's like the big mouth, weird mm-hmm. eyes filter. Like, some, she, She's had a bad day. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about what Instagram has done to yoga? Does it frustrate you? Yeah. You used to have to, you used to have to try harder to find the people that you wanted to study with. And it wasn't about what they looked like or what they could do. Okay. It would be like, this person wrote a book or this this person did a workshop or this person did a tour and all of these people have this <clears throat> feedback and you you would then go and you would learn. And it was it was pretty cool because you, you had to study before you got to study. But it definitely wasn't about what somebody looked like. And now it's it's about what somebody looks like and how well they can write, which does not mean that they can teach well. So that's also frustrating because I'm, I'm finding that the the, act, the people that are really good at acting or the people that are really good at writing are really good at Instagram. And it doesn't mean that they're going to be a great teacher or a great comforter or somebody yeah. that is safe. God, that's so interesting. Yeah. So that's And we have found out because I've helped you guys with your social. It's interesting to me from the business side that it doesn't translate to, to students. Doesn't translate. No. 
Like and all those likes and followers don't mean you have more people buying no. classes or packages. And didn't we find that our followers or our students Mm-mm. don't even yeah. like social media, no. right? That's what we no. found out. No. no, legit do not engage. Yep, and like none of your engage. teachers even have accounts. They're purists. Nope. Yeah. They're there for Which you. Which, again, I applaud. Like, stay stay out of the mm. poison river. The only reason I even have Facebook and Instagram is because, I you get it. yeah, I didn't have it. I got it back when I became the manager at Steadfast, and I had never had Instagram. And so I had to learn how to use it so that I could Steadfast, do my job. Steadfast Instagram followers do like it for scheduling. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely serves a purpose. Yeah. But when I got in there, I was surprised because I thought, man, yoga, yoga on Instagram, this is going to be bonkers. This mm-hmm. is. And I was like, oh, this is not what I expected. That's more for like the, the Instagram mer. Like it's the, for like the fake yoga. <laughs> it's for like influencers. Influencers. Like whatever that's those, the those word, are. The yoga, the yoga influencers. influencers. And, it's, and it's for brands. Like clothing and things that you want to sell do you remember all the butts i would find when i was in your i would (laughs) i was i would always try to find hashtags for you and every yoga hashtag the first three pictures were butts yeah because there's a lot of butts and headstand it was always girls in either a thong or Mm -hmm. nothing in a headstand like on a canyon it was like butts butts yoga butts yoga butts yoga butts which is why we don't do well Put your butt on the gram. <laughs> no, but I'll do a story for you about it. I bet you will. <laughs> bet you will. God. Hi. Do you like podcasts? I hope so, because you're listening to one. If you like podcasts, I have something else you might like. Audiobooks. Libro FM is the first and only company that lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your local bookstore. P.S. We have two of those here in Nashville. You can pick from hundreds of thousands of audiobooks, If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. Ladyland listeners, you get a special offer. Three audiobooks for the price of one. That's $14.99 with your first month of membership. Use the code LADYLAND at checkout. For more information, visit ladyland.show slash Libro. It's really easy. I want to talk to you about this thing you're doing right now with the equity scholarship. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell me more about it? It's still going, right? Like this is still. Yeah, we're still doing equity scholarships. 2019, we did two. Okay. We did two and it was great. And we decided to continue on with it. We actually had someone write the equity scholarship information so that people could find it and she reached out to the community to get like proper languaging and things like oh, that oh i didn't know that yeah mm-hmm. mary beth wrote it okay and she worked very very hard she reached out to the community to look into proper languaging to make sure that it was reaching the people who it was supposed to reach so <laughs> anyone who identified as marginalized in some way and that means a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. It means a lot of different things. And so it was all out there in this application for scholarship. And this is something that Steadfast and True was going to give to okay. two people. And we were mm-hmm. going to do two per each training. This is to become a yoga teacher? To yeah. become, yeah, okay. for, the whole, for the whole training, okay. um, the 200 hours. You know, Got they it. would be ready to go and apply to register with Yoga Alliance, be prepared to teach, okay. you know, yoga classes for whoever. And so we did two. Mm-hmm. And it was great. They were great. And so when we decided to enroll for this upcoming weekend program, we um, were only going to accept two. And we got amazing, amazing applications. So and many. 
it was really difficult. We realized that there was no way that we could make the decision. I mean, who are we to decide who gets a scholarship to teach yoga? And education in yoga. I mean, there was no way to make that decision. So, no, and I mean, if we're going to stick to two people, probably we don't get to read the applications anymore. Yeah, we're not going to be able to. We, we love yoga so much that when somebody wants it, I have always said yes, and that includes going going to the studio. If somebody's like, I don't have money to go to yoga, I'm like, well. We'll find a I'm, way. I'm here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never said figure out a way to find money to get here. It's just been like, okay, just come to yoga. I'll figure out a way. Yeah, but so like we fell in love with these people through their applications. Mm-hmm. And there was just, there was no way that we were going to be able to only take two. So we decided to look for some outside funding and that didn't really end up going very well. So we decided to try a GoFund. Yeah. You know? And we had donations from 48 really sweet people, mm-hmm. really sweet, big hearted people. But, you know, yoga tuition is expensive and GoFund takes a lot of fees. Rubs oh, it does Rubs oh. people the wrong way. Okay. And um, so that didn't really go very well. And then we just decided. We're gonna take them anyway. Yeah, fuck it. We, we can just decided to eat just the cost and go for share it. Share the knowledge. So we took six. You took six. We, we took fu- six. We got funding for one. Okay. We took six. <laughs> <laughs> and they start on. They start next Friday. And Man, we're so excited. And really we have sick. them. And we well, we have eighteen students total right okay. now. Yoga appears so white, especially on the internet. I know your goal is for anyone who wants to take your class or come to the studio to do that. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on just how yoga does truly look so white on the internet? <clears throat> it's not just on the internet, it's in general. I mean, if you go to the our classes. classes in general, it's gonna be really full of white people. That's that's part of the reason we're doing the equity scholarship. There's no way that you can say, hey, this is a safe place, but you're the only one that looks like you, which is why we chose to help create teachers. And we will also help get them jobs in our studio and in the community in general. And that's why it's like every teacher training that we're doing, this is gonna be it. And that's for life, so that we can change the way that yoga is seen. But also, that is also historical. I mean, people that were given the education in yoga way back when were wealthy. Because if you were wealthy, you could have an education, and then you had the power, and then you could deem who got it. And it's always been that way. Like, yoga was for the wealthy, and that's fucked up trying to change that in general okay and then i mean that's why it's also then white people sorry yeah but yeah so we are trying to help we're, we're not creating them they're already out there mm-hmm. you know course, they're already yeah. teachers in their heart and so we're just trying to open up a space for them to get the education and then hopefully help uh create some places for them to teach and mm-hmm. get them out there into their communities and into studios so that other people coming in don't have to feel like they're the only ones. That's something that we do in general with all the trainees, though. We try to find employment for every trainee that we create, every teacher that we create. We help. Yeah. Yeah. We can't hire them all. Of course. Yeah. But we do try to send them leads Mm -hmm. and get them out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many people roughly do you train a year? I think last year we only trained 20 
Mm-hmm. I personally don't want a giant room full of people because yeah. I know that people are going to get to hide or people are going to get to dominate. And I think it's important that everybody gets as much attention as they need. So I'm not going to be that person that pops out 60, 70 people in a training or 30 every time. 18 is a really big number for us. I mean, 10 is a pretty magical number. Okay. But it also just depends on the training. Like weekends are good for some people. We had a night school program last last year all year long, every Thursday night. Um, that was really good for like the moms or the people that had the nine to fives. Mm. Okay, also dads, one dad. One dad. Um, and then the summer is usually younger people. Interesting. You know? So the immersion is usually just I've got okay. this, I've got the summertime and I'm going to do that. So okay, they all vary. I bet this year, 2020, we'll probably do maybe 30, 30 35, 35, 30 or 35 for teachers for okay. the whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is not a large number. We're not yeah. we're not doing the teacher trainings as like that's our other business, you know. Teacher trainings is yeah. just because it's a need. Yeah, people are going to go get a training. I hope they get a good one. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah. So there's that thing on Netflix now. Maybe it came out a couple months ago. That yoga documentary. I think it's on Bikram, mm-hmm. and it made me think just. What do you see that's wrong with yoga and what do you wish would change? Mm-hmm. That will definitely be a question that could be answered for hours and hours, like what is wrong and what can change. But the cool thing is, is that yoga is changing. And if you look at that podcast as like the segue into why, it's because he was considered a guru. And that is archaic, I guess. That's not really what needs to be happening now that the universe is changing. People don't need a master. They don't even necessarily need a leader. And so yoga is changing now because it used to be there's a guru and and you're a student and you do whatever they tell you to. And now it's just like, here's the information and you do what you need to do with it. And so it's like yoga is getting its agency back or students are getting their agency back. So there's not somebody that's better because nobody can be bad. Like everybody can just have this information and everybody can do really good things with it. And so that's how it's changing. It's changing a little bit slowly, but we're definitely seeing it because we're in the industry where yoga is becoming bigger because more people are getting to do it because all of the let's just be honest the men that got to hold on to the yoga and dictate who got to have it are basically all dying because of age but also falling from grace because of all of the terrible things that they've done so i don't want to necessarily say that yoga is just going to the women but there's a lot less stories of the abuses when the women are doing the good work Allie, what do you think? What would, changes would you like to see in yoga overall, like big yoga? Big yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the changes that I wanted to see are already happening mm-hmm. because there's definitely a move towards making uh, practices more accessible to all bodies. You know, so ableism has been addressed, you know. And so, like, even when we were putting the studio together, remembering to make sure to make the doors wide enough for wheelchairs and having practices that are, you know, accessible to all, you know. So those types of things are already already happening. The move towards putting all of the yoga back into yoga and, you know, not, like we talked about earlier, reducing it down to just the physical shapes, you know. All of those things are already happening. Training more teachers to teach in trauma-sensitive ways. You know, when you have a room of 14 or 15 people in them, I think that that they say that at least five of those people will have suffered some kind of major trauma. Um, That's just major trauma, 
you know, so just making sure that the way that we set up a room or the way that we design a practice to be safe for, you know, more people or all people, that stuff's already happening. And to me, that's a very, very positive thing. And so I just am looking forward to the future of yoga. Okay. You know, just kind of like going along that trajectory. Man, that's helpful to hear. Mm-hmm. Allie, can I ask you about the job you had before you were a yoga teacher? Which one? The one where you were a cop? Uh, yeah. What do you want to know? All Everything is what I want to know. Were you a cop here or in a different state? It was in Texas. Did you like being a cop? I didn't love it. The way that that happened was kind of interesting. My husband was an over-the-road truck driver when we lived here mm-hmm. in Tennessee. And spent a lot of time by myself, a lot of time raising two kids by myself. And um, when we moved to Texas, he was, again, going to go on the road. And I didn't know anybody. And so in my mind, I was like, I'm going to do something so drastic that there's no way (laughs) that he can leave. And so... (laughs) That's how that happened. That's how that (laughs) happened. I put in an application and I didn't think that it was going to get accepted. And I put in the application and and I told him, I was like, well, you can't go back on the road because this might happen. And then that did happen. And um, so then I was a cop and it was, I never wanted to be a cop. It was really weird. It was super random. And this um, is not the story I was expecting. Yeah. So I was trying to, I basically manipulated my husband (laughs) into staying home with me and the kids by just, yeah, doing this. I will say Allie being a cop is not out of the ordinary because Allie is justice. Allie Allie is pretty black and white. you You do the right thing. And you take care of the community and the world. And so Allie being a cop, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> she should be a good cop. Yeah. She should be a kind cop. When I was, I was a, a very um, kind cop. And so I was always in trouble because... <laughs> TV show, kind cop. <laughs> yeah, I just, I wasn't necessarily great at it. I wasn't bad at it, but I did work, you know, the college that was running the police academy ended up needing a female officer, which was great because mm-hmm. I went to work at 5 p.m. I got off at 3. Whoa. And it was supposed to be, like, just, like, whatever. I was a mom already. Now I was here with all of these, mm. you know, young adults. I was also, like, patrolling the general area and backing up the county and doing all of these things. And it was going to be, you know, really great and easy. But I could not stay on campus because I was what they called a ship magnet. <laughs> And so I would just be like, go into the store because I was bored because I was a campus cop and something would just happen right in front of me. And so that is really bad when you start having all of these arrests. It's really, really bad for your college's record. And so I was just in trouble all of the time. Oh, so anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That does not sound good. No. I didn't know you were a shit magnet. Yeah, that's what they call it, a shit magnet. It's like when nothing's happened all month or nothing's happened all day or nothing's happened all week and then you get there and just one thing after another after another happens. And they're like, what? Oh my God. Are you a shit? You're a shit magnet. So. Yeah, I'm also a shit okay. magnet. You are a shit magnet. <laughs> Allie King. Totally. Shit magnet. Shit magnet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was, it was great though. You okay. Know, kids on campus need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they need so many, you know, the mommy. mental health officers are in high demand on yeah. campuses. It's like I a bet. really, really big deal. And so, mm. but also, you know, I didn't just work for the college. I also worked for the city of Tom Bean, Texas. And um, that was quite fun. And I got to, you know, work with the sheriff's department and things like that. So okay. it was good. You know, you never know. 
if you're going to be good at something and then you, you never know if you're going to be too good at something. And that's what I was just too good at it. And so I believe that it ended up being not a good fit for me. God. Also, it's it's kind of hard when um, you're trying to be a helpful person, but instead you end up just kind of sometimes making people's lives a little bit harder. So oh, it, that was hard for me in my yeah. heart. Okay. You know, so, yeah. Are you two ready for some rapid fire questions? Yes. We're going to no. change it up a little bit. Okay. You're going to answer for each other. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Allie, first, you are going to answer for Jillian. Okay. Jillian's trapped on a desert island. She can bring one thing. Does she bring? Her cell phone. Her dog, her daughter, or her bag of essential oils? Oh, Mabel or Sadell. Her daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jillian concurs. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> we already answered this. What is Jillian's most used Snapchat filter? Big lips. Big lips. What is that one called? Do we know? It should I be called the Jillian Sinclair. Jillian I think it's called Big Mouth. B- Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Yeah. Okay. It's accurate. Last one. What is, you can't explain, but what is Jillian's favorite guilty pleasure song? Guilty pleasure song? Song. Oh, I don't I don't know. <gasps> Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Oh, my God. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 100% these ways of summer. Okay. We both learned something <laughs> just now. Jillian, you're going to answer for Allie. What is Allie's favorite class to teach? Probably slow flow. Mm-hmm. Allie agrees. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Allie could have two more hours in the day, what would she do with them? Spend them with her family. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. <laughs> Good little sister. <laughs> What is Allie's favorite guilty pleasure song? It's something with hip hop. With hip hop? Yeah. You don't even need to, like, it doesn't have to be a specific band, but, like, if hip hop is playing, you're happy. Yeah. In the car with yeah. your kids? Yes. Yeah. Give me a song, please. Okay, so Shiloh always plays Yellow Wolf mm. and Jelly Rolls. So. <laughs> <laughs> that and feels so, fair. yeah, I, I kind of tend to sing along. That she knows <laughs> I don't that even she's know happy. that I'm singing along, but I will just, yeah, I can't stop myself. Yeah. But honestly, though, um, if it was, I don't know, anything by Eddie Vedder. I love Eddie Vedder. Aww, yeah. Cute. yeah. Okay. We, are, we are from Seattle. That's right. So that makes sense. It's on mm-hmm. brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for coming by Ladyland HQ. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having us. Okay. Bye. 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 I'm Kim Baldwin, and that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us. To find full show notes, head over to ladyland.show. And if you know a lady that I need to meet, slip into my DMs. You can find me at ladyland underscore podcast on Instagram. This podcast is produced by Mary Catherine Rooker and brought to you by We Own This Town. Logo by Elizabeth Williams. Music by U-Drive. Download anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have a minute, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review Ladyland. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.